Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Hockey Buds Cast. And I've already been mocked with my Philly shirt, so uh, I'll just let Russ take it from there. It's Tug McGraw. Uh, Wait, is he wearing a 45? No, I got no number on here. Oh, okay. just, Just an old vintage shirt I've had for a while. As long as it's not Willie Montanez, because the Mets once traded for Willie Montanez, and basically they wouldn't give Tom Seaver $100,000 the year before, so Tom Seaver gets traded. They pick up Willie Montanez, who makes 100000 and hit right. like 20 homers, and I didn't like him. So I, and I think, for the, for, the, for the record, I think this is one of the coolest co- color combinations in sports. Actually, and if you want to be fair, you know how like there's always misplaced clothing in different cities? There was one of those in, like, I don't know, a Models or someplace, Alexander's maybe, when I was shopping as a kid. Yeah. I liked the color. I picked it up. Yeah, it's a great color. It's a great That's color the only combination. only one I would ever wear. Yeah, it's a great color combination. And the Phillies have had some bad jerseys over the years, but this but one's still, just... don't, don't confuse that with me liking the Phillies. It's about the colors. To. You don't have to. Definitely God, not. God not going to confuse anything for anything. God forbid, Russ. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Bob Baffert and the Kentucky Derby because this is an interesting case. Uh, right now, he ha- his his horse has tested positive for yeah. some sort of derivative after the win. So this complicates things because people have already paid out. No matter what happens, they're not going to give the new winner people money, and they're not going to take money back from the old people. So for the old winners, so no matter what, if you. If you had the other horse and you got, you know, and it turns out a different way, you don't benefit. And if you may win off a losing horse, that's the end of that. There's nothing we could do about that. Yeah. yeah. And that would, and see, I told Russ when he told me about that, that would be my luck. I would hit the exacta or the trifecta <laughs> of, you know, of the race if this horse gets disqualified. But I would have a already thrown away my ticket because the other one won right. or you know, they've already paid out in this instance, they've already paid out to the, to the winner and they don't have the money to pay out to the other one. So you're shit out of luck. Right. When I was 13, I was in OTB with some people I probably shouldn't have been in there with and older people from the area. And what I learned then was you don't rip up your ticket right away. Never do it. That's the best advice I can give. No, that's true. Anybody. I mean, I spent a lot of time. I mean, people don't realize that probably one of the weirder things about me is that my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, was the um for 25 years covered um horse racing for the philadelphia bulletin okay i'm not the first sports writer in my family um and yeah he so when i when i was in when i was interning at the inquirer when i was in college i was that that kind of helped me along because people were like oh yeah you're steven you're steve's 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 nephew you know so he was a great i was at guard it was at garden state park where he worked Mm -hmm. and um which is a which is a racetrack that burned down um and i was there the day it burned down um, I was. I said, "Don't the anymore." There's still, there's no statute of limitations on that. Don't say there's, anymore. No, no statute on our. No, no, but I. Now it's now it's like yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like a it's like a another mall, another strip mall. But but um, it no, is, we've talked about it. There's it's like a whole big shopping center. Yeah, it's a huge shopping center now. But but it's um, but I was there. I, I when I was a kid, I went, met Walter Matthau there with my. He was a friend oh. of my uncle's. 
he was a well-known compulsive gambler. Oh, he's a well-known horse guy, yeah, for sure. He was a friend. Of, he was a friend of my uncle's. My uncle knew what he was doing. So I've been around horse racing for a long time, okay. and uh, I well, used here, to go. Used to go all the time. All right. So here's the rest of the story. So, of course, Bafford is saying he's doing his own investigation, kind of like the way OJ did his own investigation, and yeah. searching for the real killers. And so right now the story is like Trump does his own investigation. Yeah. Right now the story <laughs> is there was another horse that was in the proximity of his mm. horse. That horse did have some sort of uh, juice, steroids, whatever, in that horse. The horse peed on the hay, and Ooh. the winning horse ate that hay. And this is how they might possibly have ingested it. And I got to tell you, if you ever wanted to hear a load of baloney, yeah, oh, that's got to be something. And also the grossest story. Yeah, yeah, great. It is a gross story. The horse, to put out the horse gross story. is eating piss-soaked hay. That's one. Yeah, that that that. Which, we by call the way, that I've been around horses a lot. And I've never yeah. heard of horses even doing that. I don't even think no. they would eat it. No, to I mean, be horses are not that dumb. I mean, horses don't eat eat hay soaked in other horses' pee. That's not that's not I a agree. thing a horse would so, do. Dogs but, but here's the worst even. part. You know what the worst part is, Eck? And this is where you know I have um I've adopted a couple of greyhounds, and they're mistreated all around the world. They people yeah. have given them cocaine, Viagra, whatever. When you do that to a horse. Yeah, the horse doesn't know what's going on. The horse didn't no. have any say in this. No. And the fact that, you know, this happened, and now we're going to act like it magically got there, uh, we'll see what happens when the test comes through. And it's through. like actually blaming the horse, too. Like, it's blaming the horse, which is in incredible. Way, they are blaming the horse, yes. <laughs> the horse the ate horse, that, ate that egg. It's the horse's fault, I say. Um, well, no, that's like, going to blame the horse, or they're going to blame a world famous trainer who was one who was very controversial. Like has always been, like he's been yes. kicked out of different things. I mean, he was yes. he had to go through a special panel to be reinstated for this. And I mean, this is like completely. He's blaming the cancel culture because the family who won, I bet, didn't know anything about it. To be honest, I know. And, and, and you can't blame cancel culture. Cancel culture has nothing to do with this. Nothing. A horse is a no. horse. Of course, of course. You can't cancel a horse anyway. And, and the point the point is to me, like the fam, but the family won. I mean, they bought the horse for like very little, right? It was like really cheap, five thousand yeah. bucks or something like that. I didn't know the price, so it was I crazy. Know. I mean, and and that it was a great story, you know. Like this, and they don't know what the trainers do, and they don't know, they don't know. No, the it's, it's not up to them to know. Honestly. It was the, it was the same price as a box of glue. Um, now I, I actually won some things though in that race. Um, we went to the Kentucky Derby. I, not not no, we didn't go to the Kentucky Derby, but we had we had a Kentucky Derby party, and right. I picked the I won the uh, by picking the last place horse, which is like something that we do at our at our Kentucky. Really, you're Derby. allowed to do that at our Kentucky Derby parties. We have like our own little. Oh, like, you're party. at the party, not for real. Okay. Here's the funny story. So like, it's so the I, low, it's the low ball Kentucky Derby. <laughs> well, like you know, you can win by picking. There's there's three prizes. There's one for the picking the first. There's one for picking the last. So. And there's one for picking, I think, the closest thing that you can get to a trifecta or whatever. So I, I, my horses weren't even in the top three. I don't think any of them. But but I did pick the last place horse, which was Soup and a Sandwich or whatever it was called, which was like the funniest name I thought. So I had to go with it. It was just ridiculous. It was also a white horse. So it was easy to follow if it was last yes, place or not. Sandwich. I never remember seeing the gray. name. Never but the gray horse, Rob. No, you know, Neo, show, Neo would never touch a gray horse either. We, we went to the racetrack a lot together. Um, So... So the um so the so so I won so I won a real so it was always like a white elephant prize you know like I won um this like china set of like cups and cups and things like that that were um you know somebody were given by for a wedding or whatever and I won this thing and it's, it's never been opened or whatever so I went on as I'm sitting there I go on eBay and I'm like I'm just wondering if this if this thing's anywhere on eBay and it's selling for like forty bucks so as we're sitting there I put it on eBay for thirty bucks 
I'm like, you know, and I took really bad pictures of it. Like I took a picture <laughs> with my with my wife, like looking at it, like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Right. I put another picture of it with it dang with it with it with it half off the counter, like it, it's like <laughs> that it could fall at any moment. And I sold the thing for thirty bucks yesterday. Wow. <laughs> So now I got to mail it. Now I got to take this out of mail, but it's still, it's, it's all, it's like, it was, I think it's hilarious. On this show, we should have awarded somebody for picking a team last that they got it right, but you didn't, we wouldn't award it to you because you picked the Sabres to make the playoffs. So <laughs> I did not take, pick the Sabres to make the playoffs. You did. You said they would possibly. Yes, you did. I yes, did. You, did. Can you, go, you guys go, I was, by the way, I was going through today. The last couple but years. You didn't say they were making the playoffs. You said they could definitely be a playoff. They have a chance. They well, they had a chance the year before. I mean, they were like two points behind. That's fine. We'll go with that. That's what I said. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I didn't, but I didn't pick them to be last. I think well, I, there's I nothing wrong with that except they were yeah. the worst. Team in the yeah. They have a chance. They're in the NHL, so they have a chance. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about something like that that you guys I know will love. Here we go. <laughs> well, okay, can I just one put one little note, one little cherry on top of the Sunday? All right. Um, Talk about, I, I sometimes think that newspapers like the New York Post or the National Enquirer pay celebrities uh, to do things that give them content. I would not doubt that either Ben Affleck or Jennifer Lopez got a couple million dollars from the, from the Enquirer to get back together for at least a week so no. they so they could do a month or two months worth of Benefer story. <laughs> I mean, we're already hearing about this. I don't give Jennifer. a good goddamn about either. And you're perpetuating it. No. I mean, th th I think that might be the case with some people who are like, you know, like I could see like like uh, like. A Jenner, or, or or I can see somebody who like needs who wants publicity doing that. But those two people have more money than God. There's no reason that they're going to get. I paid. would never have thought we'd be talking about Benifer and Mike would be the one bringing it to the show. That's all. <sighs> yes, I picked Columbus in the division. That's very true, Funky. And and I and I that, I missed on that one. I I picked the Devils to make the playoffs. I missed on that one. So yeah, there's definitely you know I picked Washington not to make the playoffs. I missed on that one. We'll get. I mean, I'm I'm not saying when I was wrong, I'm wrong. I'm saying I'm wrong. But these guys like you know, anyway. All right, let's move on. I got a new microphone today, so everybody like it. Sounds good. I was listening. I was I was going through picking up some things. I'm like, man, my microphone sucks. So anyway, I fixed it. Here we go. <laughs> it's the 11th. We're gonna say, yeah, it's the 11th. Hello, hockey world. It's come on. It's Wednesday. No, no, damn it. Hello, it's Tuesday, May 11th, 20, 2021. I'm Michael Agello, and if I'm Ben Affleck, I'd rather have Jennifer Garner than Jennifer Lopez. I'm Russ Cohen. This isn't the OK Corral. This is just people working. And I'm Eckler. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast and HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday. This time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And now we have our teams are set. And um, we don't have to worry about the whole Calgary craziness. It sounds like what I wrote about yesterday. Yes! It is over. Yes. That's very good, Mike. It's over for sure. Um, but should it be? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to talk about whether or not we should have a four or five play in play in in the future. And I think that this year we're not this year we're not going to have it, obviously, because this year that I think when I talked to the NHL, they were all in the beginning of the year, they were like, that, that would be a luxury. We'll be happy to get whatever we can get in. You know, so having an, adding another best of three series in there for a four or five play on just play in just didn't seem. But they did like it in the bubble. And there were people that really that thought the concept was pretty good. So the, to, to, to not to go to 24 teams, but to go to 20 teams, yeah. I think we will see in the future. So well, along those lines, I want to ask this question. Mike, well, go ahead. Go ahead. We can talk. Let's talk about first whether or not 
that we should do that in the well, future. Here, here's the reason why it probably will happen because the NBA is talking about it seriously. And we know that the NHL usually follows what the NBA does. The NBA is doing a seven versus 10, eight versus nine play in. Uh, because they played less than less than a less than a, a normal schedule, and one of the potential matchups. Now I don't follow the NBA at all, so I'm just looking up their standings right now. But I was listening to a Bill Simmons podcast, and he was talking about the possibility mm. of right now a Lakers Golden State matchup. Right in the play-in, and right now the Lakers are 38 and 30, the Golden State's 36 and 33, so it's within the realm of possibility. If that happens, more people will watch that game than probably watch most of the playoffs before the conference finals because it's Curry versus LeBron. Sure, and that makes and that's you know that's a, I mean, and I think that you know, and some people are saying it's about money, and and yeah, it's, it is about money, but it's it, it's always it's not going to be you know not about money, but at the same time, next year we have Seattle coming in the league, and with Seattle we're at thirty-two teams, and then we're at exact. If we stay at sixteen, we're at exactly half the league makes the playoffs, and half the league doesn't. And right. I think that that is something the NHL doesn't love. I think the NHL wants more than half the league making the playoffs because, you know, their fan base. You know, you you want that means that half of your fan base is upset. You know, to have that idea of four playing five, especially when all divisions are suddenly eight eight teams big. You know, it's a different thing four plays five in a seven team division than it is an eight team division. So, to me, they that. that by adding 32 teams, I think we're definitely going to go to it, and I'm 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 up for it. I'm game for it. I think it's good. I think I think it's a good thing, and this is the reason why because we have seen teams, you know, the way the NHL works now, and and you know, granted, this is fair. I mean, it's the you're, you're looking at the entire season, right? But we see teams get hotter as as, as the season goes on, and teams get colder as the season goes on. And like right now, I I so that's why I'm going to I'm going to pose this question to the panel today. If we were to have the four or five matchups this year. Mm-hmm. Who would you be picking in a best of three series? And I think that that's kind of an interesting, an interesting way to look at it. So we'll start off with the East. You know, with the range, it would be the Rangers and the Islanders, right? So that that would be the four or five. Well, let me get my opinion on the actual play. And I, I, I'm okay with it, only if we're doing it where the two teams can come from any division, and it's based on winning percentage only. Because otherwise, okay. you are going to have a team that, let's say, it's in the East. And they're in fifth place in the East, I but they in third place in another division. I don't want to start getting into that game. I want the two teams with the closest winning percentage to not make in the playoffs, no matter what the division. Okay, so are you going to go like we've been doing like lately in into conferences? Would you say you're going to conferences? And um, would you have like you know no, so it like could be any two teams, no any conference. Teams. I, I, I would go conferences because otherwise you can end up with some weird matchups. Well, weird no, well, what you have to follow that up with is you have to go with conference playoffs and not divisional playoffs. And right. I think we're going back to the playoffs we had before. Okay, so that's right. what we're heading back there. So and I think you, it would be conference playoffs, but I think otherwise because Mick Kern had brought this up to me and it's a good point. Otherwise, you are going to have some teams that shouldn't be there, but because yeah. they're in a division the way it is, you know, whether it's easy or not, they're going to get in on this plan. And I just want the best teams. Right. Right. And I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that's good. Um, and I think the only four spots and everything, if there's a 15 that's better in the North, that's better than any other team in the league. I want that team in the plan. Well, it just, it just, it won't be the North next just year. Going back to, to, yeah. to the GM meetings from a couple of weeks ago, there were two proposals for scheduling and for playoffs. One of them was going back to the old conference playoffs with the division winners, mm-hmm. uh, the three division winners being the top three seeds and then right. four through eight. 
and then this would just expand it to four through t- ten with seven playing ten and eight playing nine. Yeah, right. And then conference playoffs one through whatever. I'm in favor of that because I think after playing, you know, the difference between division games and conference games is four to three or five to three. Okay. So right. really, it's not it, it. It you know this this year is sort of the aberration because they had to play these teams so many times. Right. right. When you're playing. The, when you're playing the difference between four or five and three, the divisions really are meaningless except for the sort of geographic norms. And that's it. So if the, you know, I, I, I am for conference playoffs because honestly, after the last few years, it's boring watching Toronto play Boston every year or Toronto yeah. playing, you know, I mean, last year was Columbus. And let's face it, Toronto's sick of losing to Boston every year, but that's not a point, right? Anyhow, move on. That's no, true. so I think, and no, I think this is all valid. And I, think, I, I mean, I think the most likely scenario in this will be what you just said, Mike, with like, uh, you know, seven playing, or, or no, like, what is it, seven playing nine, ten, or six, seven playing ten, eight playing nine, eight playing nine, right? And that's how that's how we'll see this play out. But I think that that's likely to happen. I don't, and I think that I'm okay with that. I, I really think that it'll be it'll be good for the league, and it'll be fun I, to I watch. Know, I don't know about best of three. No, it won't be best of three. It's going to be a one-game playoff. No, you see, I think I think a one-game playoff is too diminishing to the regular season, in my opinion. Um, well, I that's why I'm doing it off a winning percentage. Right. I'm not. I'm not doing it on anything else. So that's, yeah. why, that's why you hit. You finish in the top three in the division. There's that. There's your motivation. If you. No, I know that. I know that's a big motivation, and I and I like that. But okay, so but then you know, to think that you can you can finish fourth and be locked knocked out in one game, you know, whatever. That that to me is a little bit. That's what they do in baseball. Yeah, I know, but then yeah, baseball's a different ball of wax, though. So I mean, I think and and the way the, the way the league runs is different. Okay, the money's different. Everything's different. For an eighty-two game schedule, and you and you have a one-game play-in game. In in, in baseball, mm-hmm. you have a hundred and sixty-two oh, game schedule yeah. going to a one game, and I think that's kind of crazy too. But you okay. know, and yeah, actually, I, baseball I was the last one to expand their playoffs. They had the hardest yeah. way of making it. Yeah, and but they've been the longest to like stay with a really simple playoffs too. So, yeah. but anyway, I think that so let's let's look at this team's this, the, and the thing is this like you know I know we were joking around here. I was talking about the Rangers having a shot, and I was talking about you know, and I thought they did have a sh- chance, and then we talked about Calgary having a chance. And the reality is that these teams were very good towards the end of the year. And what I think the play-in thing does is it gives a team that starts off slow, a chance to like, to still be there. If they are the best, if they're one of the best teams at the end of the year, yeah, I think that's fair Yeah. in the playoffs. We want to see, I want to see the best teams in the playoffs. Like I want, I don't, and, and that changes from October to April. Okay. But does. you realize, yeah, you're never going to see that. I know. I know. And but I want to do the best I can to see it. And this helps it. I mean, there's always going to be one team that maybe finishes at the bottom of the league. That's really hot at the attrition. end. This is a very brutal sport and attrition is part of the reason why you'll never see that. <laughs> No, yeah, and there's always going to be one or two. I agree, but I want to see like this year. Like I really, Calgary, what Calgary did in recently, like going like eight, one and one in ten games. That was impressive, you know. Uh, what the Rangers were doing there for a while before they, you know, hit the wall again before the Tom Wilson journey that they went on. Um, it was impressive. So let's let's go through these divisions for a second and see what we think would happen. So to me, you know, the so we start in the East with the Rangers, and it's, as it turns out from last night, we now know the Islanders are going to finish in fourth. Which is surprising, I think, to a lot of teams that the Islanders are going to finish. A lot of people, the Islanders are going to finish in fourth. I definitely picked them for first. Um, I think, well, yeah, I think we might have all picked them for first. Um, but you're right, you're muted. Um, yeah, he's got he's got, nail, he's got a nail gun going in the back. Right, but, yeah, but you picked them for first too. So, 
this to me is this to me is this I I, I if I if this series is happening, I'm going with the Islanders and in, in in if it's the best of three, I'm going with the Islanders in two. Like I think the Islanders would take this series no trouble against the Rangers. You guys agree with that? Yes, this year's Rangers against this year's Islanders. The Rangers might even get swept in that. That's what I think. I think it's two games to in best of three. I think it's two games, and I think that oh, it's the best of three. They're getting swept. Yeah, I think it's two games, and I also it's also this just the Islanders just have had the Rangers number this year yes. in a big way. They, that that's not even close. So we'll move on from that. But let's go to the North because that's where it gets really interesting to me. Montreal and Calgary. If they were to actually play in a best of three series right now, I'm going with Calgary in three. Yeah, you're insane. Why? Why? Okay. Well, Carey Price is skating today. So is Carey Price in there, and you're still picking against them to go in three? Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, no, Carey Price is in there. I'll tell you Carey what. Price was in there when they were stinking it up too for a while there. By the way. Okay. Um, not in the playoffs though. Playoffs are different. They are. Uh, Montreal will be way more physical against them. Montreal will match them in net. Even if you want to give Calgary a slight edge in net, fine. And and Montreal has guys that will score dirty goals. Calgary has a couple. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing with M- Montreal right now, I mean, mm-hmm. I will grant you that if it's a pl- if it's a play-in series, Gallagher will play, probably Price will play. Byron played last night. Uh, right. uh, I don't know about Deneau, who's got a concussion, so he might be out. And then last night in their last second-last regular season game, they lose Eric Stahl, Josh Anderson, and Jake Allen didn't practice this morning. Now, that might be rest. But well, they're just getting therapy right now, so we don't right. know that Eric Stahl I mean, is I said, It might be rest, but we don't know. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, honestly, losing Eric Stahl is a benefit because Jake Evans matched up against Connor McDavid, and he was tremendous. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, underlying he's stats, he can play defense. Eric Stahl can't do that for the Canadians. The little bit, the little bit of scoring you might get from Eric Stahl, you yeah. need Jake Evans' input. And I've been saying that all year. You need more you minutes from that kid more than you need Eric Stahl on the ice. Yeah. Evans had a two assists yesterday. Yeah. And I, I absolutely agree. Um, all right, then. So, so you guys are going, you go, you go with my, Mo- I go with Calgary in three, like I said, but you guys have, Mo- you guys go with Montreal. I'm going Montreal. Montreal. Every day three or two. Do you think this is a sweep? No, three. I think, I think. Calgary wins one because it's a, it would be a heat, heated affair, and I think they. Yeah. Won. I think it'd be a fun series. I mean, I think it would be a fun be, series. It'd be a really fun series to see. Um, then going over to the West. Hold on, um, I'm going to say this one one time. Yeah. It's not Nicholas Sundstrom, but Funky said Patrick Sundstrom. You can say whatever you want about Patrick Sundstrom. Don't ever say anything bad about Nicholas Sundstrom, or we're blocking you. <laughs> there you go. Um, West, uh, this would be St. Louis and Arizona. I don't give Arizona much of a chance in that series, honestly. Like I think that Arizona's done a good job, but the Blues are the Blues are getting it together, and they're also got like so much playoff experience. I think that St. Louis and one. St. Louis and one. <laughs> All right. I would say two, but yeah, okay. But then we get to the other one, which I think would be fantastic to see, which would be Dallas and Nashville. Um, and I think that this series, I would go with Dallas in three in this in that series um, if they were to play each other. I don't know how fantastic it would be because you know we've seen a number of these games all year, and I don't know. I, I just, Dallas was underwhelming this year because of injuries and because of Stanley Cup hangover, and I thought they were going to make the playoffs, and they never really yeah. put together long enough. And Nashville basically got there on the strength of that seven wins out of eight right around the deadline and not trading players away. Well, they went like 21, seven and two in the last. Yeah. But I, really... I have to take Nashville because at the end of the season, yeah, Nashville was the better team. Yeah. I mean, I think that they, uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, and it's funny cause I'm going against two of my favorite teams here in this thing, because honestly, 
you know, Montreal and, and Nashville are two of my favorite teams, but I well, think that both would go down in three. Let's 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 take advantage of talking about Nashville to talk about last night. Yeah, I want to get into that because I want to talk about there were two the two games last night. We saw the preview of the Central Division playoffs last night in both those games. They were both really fun to watch. So Yeah, and let me let, let me just say this. And we've said this all year, Rack. Mm-hmm. I think it was illustrated last night. Carolina has a goaltending problem because yeah. more than likely they're going to go with Morazic in the playoffs. They will go with Morazic. They're not going to go with Nadjelkovic unless Morazic <laughs> drops the ball. And we know that we know what Reimer is. Reimer is a playoff choker, so he's you know they're not they're probably not going to go with Reimer. They're going to either go to Morazic and Nadjelkovic, and maybe the game was meaningless because Carolina. Uh, you know, had everything locked up in in first place. But I'll tell you one thing. They didn't look good. Nashville looked uh, enthused. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have anything to play for either. So that was their last game. They had already had them. But they were sending a message. Mm-hmm. And they they took Carolina apart. They now, did. And you know what? They took them apart both nights, Mike. Like, And that, it wasn't just – I watched both those games, you know. So to me, I was really I think, I think Carolina has a chance. And when we make predictions, I'm thinking about this. They have a chance to be two years ago as Tampa. They really do. Yeah, they 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 do. And I think that they made a big mistake in not trying to in not going all. I've really felt like they went that they went easy on Nashville to get Nashville. Like I feel I I really. Oh yeah, see, we should talk about that too. You know, the Islanders pulling their goalie earlier than you normally would to try and get a, a point out of a game so they could play the Capitals proved my point that they wanted to play the Capitals. I don't think they wanted to play the Penguins. I, I, you know, you can think of it either way. Like it's, it's a funny thing about that. Like part of it's like they pulling their goalie way to really, really d- did increase the chances that they could also lose that game like that, that. No, but that's not the way you're thinking. Like you're a pro team. You're, you're thinking we're going to try and get a point in this game because we've decided this is who we could play. If they didn't want to play, then they could just sat back, right? If they want to think about that. The two best teams are the, are, are the Bruins and the Islanders. No, they're um, not. No, I, no, I, think, the I think they are. The Penguins are better than, than both mm. of them. I don't, I don't think so. Um, think we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, the, the, cap, the, the Islanders wanted to play the – they should have wanted to play the Penguins, right? Like basically oh. based on everything we've talked about. No, I don't think so. I not mean, their, their record against the Penguins was way better than the record against the Capitals. Not they, these Penguins. Not the, not the Penguins when they've made moves. Not the Penguins lately. No. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I but and the Capitals right now are a bit of a mess. Like the Capitals are the Capitals are falling apart. They've been falling. Yeah, they, apart I mean, they're going issues. Ovechkin's not playing right now. Um, no one knows what's happening next. I think that I, it's not that I don't like the Penguins. I mean, people just keep getting on. I mean, I just I see these holes and I just don't see them as a as it. I mean, I could be put. Listen, I mean, I I will tell you this right now that I would put Sullivan as like one of the one of my coaches and MV, coach MVPs of the year. I, I said him. he should be the coach of the year, but I said I think Quenville will win. But I did say Sullivan should win it. I actually think Everson's going to win it in Minnesota. But I, I think he's third. I would put Everson third. Uh, yeah, I mean, according to Pierre Lebrun, uh, he thinks Brindamore is going to win it. Yeah, Brindamore can't win it because we all knew Carolina was going to be really good, and they were really good. So that's why Brindamore can't win it. If you think about the man hours lost on Pittsburgh, now, again, a lot of teams lost because of COVID, but injury-wise on Pittsburgh, the amount of people oh, players yeah. they've lost, plus they had a change in management, which is not easy on a coach because all of a sudden you're under the microscope. Sullivan's done an amazing job, actually. I, I think I heard you guys say that, uh, you know, the Islanders pulled, pulled the goalie against Boston because they were – They wanted to play the Capitals. They wanted to get that point. 
Now, right, and, I, and, I, and, I, and Mike points out in the chat room. I'm sorry, Mike, I mixed that up. The Penguins were six and two against the Islanders. So I'm, I yeah, that's what I thought. So I, I just mixed that up in my head. All these things, numbers in my head. I don't so think the Islanders right. match up well against They definitely the wanted Penguins. to play. But uh, but I'll, 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 I'll tell you this. Um, right now, uh, <laughs> Boston uh, pulled off a coup. And I, I, I said as much at the deadline with the Taylor Hall deal. They gave up. Next to nothing. I mean, Anders Bjork could be a good player. They gave he's a him, decent player. He is player, but they didn't give up a first round pick. And Taylor Hall last night scored two goals. He's got eight goals and sixteen. Did you see the goal that he scored in overtime too? Like that goal that that was like that was such an unbelievable like that that is baffling to me that the guy who scored that goal last night was Taylor Hall that we've been talking about. It's not that, baffling. Heck, we saw when Taylor Hall was jaking it against the Flyers with the Sabers. There's no way he was giving the same effort. He wasn't because what no, I said is incredible. But that that is a real that's a real but, consternation on a guy like to me. I like know, that. but think about this. Think about this. So when Granado came in, if we're going to use the excuse that you know Kruger just made every life miserable because it was bad, okay. When when Granado came in, Middlestat started scoring. Reinhardt was scoring. A lot of players. Darlene was was getting more points. How come no Taylor Hall? Because he already checked out. Because at that point, Russ, he was already on his way out. They was they're basically already. Right, and you, as a hockey player, should never ever do no, that. I no, mean, especially guys won an MVP and who professes to be such a great guy. I I think he was I think he was beaten down by the incredible dysfunction that was in the Sabers organization. He came. He realizes that his decision to come to Buffalo cost him millions of dollars in in, in, in a new contract. You said it. I said it. He's probably not going to get any more than a one or two. Yeah, team. he's a new. He's the new Alexander Semin. I don't know if I'm getting thirty goals or if I'm getting twelve. It but, depends right now because if if he if he has this if he keeps going like he's going and the and the, and the Bruins have a really long playoff run, I'm not giving him four year deal. Either, but I think well, I think I think I think the Bruins will try to find a way to keep him. Honestly, didn't the Bruins learn from the Charlie Coyle situation that you shouldn't react like that? I know, but man, that goal what I would do. Night, that was such an unbelievably highly skilled goal. Like he's it doesn't matter. Here's what I would do. I would say if I made it to the conference finals or I won the Stanley Cup and I'm the Bruins and I had Taylor Hall, I'd say, Taylor, thanks for coming aboard. We we enjoyed your time here. I'm glad we all won. Good luck in free agency. That's yeah. exactly what I would say. Uh, and it might that might be what they have to do or they want to do. But I I, I don't guys know. Are just better that way. I don't know. I mean, I think that Hall could also be like a, a huge part of them. Keeping of them maintaining their level, like the Bruins. Yes. The Bruins. He's, he's a very talented player, but the problem is, I'm not giving him 10 million for four years anymore. No, no, but I don't think anyone will. And I think that when it comes down to it, you know, there's always a team that like he's more valuable to than anybody else, and it might be the Bruins. I mean, it might at the end of the day, it might be the Bruins. If there, it depends what happens to the Bruins. Like if the Bruins win a Stanley Cup with him, all bets are off. I mean, yeah, but might, then you're paying for past performance again. I want to pay no, for a big part of that Stanley Cup run. They're paying for I get it. Yeah. But, but again, I'm still paying him for that past performance to get yeah. to the cup. And I don't know what he's given me the next three or four years. Yeah, no, he's, I, I mean, I think, I think he's going to Calgary, like I've said many times, but I still think that this is good. I still think what's happening now is, is really fascinating. And, 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 and just the fact I haven't seen a guy forever make that play where you skate on your back of your blade. Yeah, like, I saw that. Uh, that's like that's a really impressive. It's okay, a really. You know what? I I agree with what you're saying. Here's yeah. what I will say. We all agree, and I think scouts would agree with this, and almost everybody would agree with this. The Taylor Hall that won the MVP with the Devils is not this Taylor Hall, even though this one looks good right now. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's true for sure. Because the Teller Hall, the one with the Devils, one with the team that he was the leader on, and and now he's on. Now he's 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 on a second line. Yeah, and that's, helped, that, that's that's giving that's taking some of the stuff away from him, which is helping him for sure. And one factor here is he's playing with Krejci, who's also a UFA. Yeah. So if they sign him, there's no yeah. guarantee that they're going to get this Taylor Hall because Krejci won't probably won't be there. Yeah, I also shake Krejci's hand and say predictions later, but I think the Bruins are going to take apart the Capitals. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I like, also just we're going to get into that, but now we're not getting yeah. it yet. But okay, let's talk about the Central. Here's what I was going to say about Krejci. If I, if I, again, yeah. if I'm the Bruins with Krejci, yeah. I say, "Hey, David, thanks for all your years of service. When you come yeah. back in, we'll give you your, um, your, you know, your video moment on yeah, the yeah. screen, and good luck in free agency." Unless video moments. Last night, the uh, the Brian Elliott video moment was kind of cool. Yeah, that was nice. They did a good job with that. Unless well, it was good that they said that today because when we get to the Fletcher press conference, they trashed the goaltending. So we're going to talk about that, that in a little bit. But let's 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 first start with what I think is going are going to be two fantastic series in the central division and mike you don't think so because you think the central division is boring i think but i think that we're going to see i think you we're going to see like first of all i mean what we the last two games where nashville's just taking apart carolina is fascinating now you can say it doesn't matter to carolina and it does doesn't these games don't matter but it is hard in the nhl to immediately turn that around if they do and they like say they take they pick apart nashville five one in game one of the next of the round whatever then okay fine but if they don't, if Nashville Nashville set it up that if they can win that first game in Carolina, oh, Carolina is gripping the sticks very tight in real trouble. If they if, if they lose that first game, that first game becomes the series in that in that series, and that's because of what happened with the last two games of the Predators. And likewise, what you saw with Florida, th there's a problem with Tampa, and I know that Tampa has got their guys coming back. Well, I, I, I don't know how many weeks I've been saying that the dream scenario for Carolina was that Florida and Tampa would beat the crap out of each other. And you saw it last night. How many fights were there? How many cheap shots were there in that game? That's just a sample of what – and you can't say that that, that that game didn't matter for Tampa because they played Vasilevsky. If it didn't matter, they would have played uh, – No, but you know, you know what? The, the depth that Tampa has – they have Ross Colton. They have Alex Barboulet. All of these guys are going to be available to come in if they need them, and Florida doesn't have that. Florida's got their guys and their guys alone, and so I think – I won't give it away, but I think Tampa will match up fine. They will – it will be a slobber knocker, but I don't think it knocks Tampa out of the playoffs for the next series. Uh, yeah. you know, a couple of days ago you wrote about is it fair that Stamkos and, and yeah. Roth are going to come in. Um why not? The rules say that they can. And well, no, the rules say they can. I'm not saying I didn't write. Is it illegal? Is it wrong? I just wrote. Is it fair? Just basic fairness. Okay. Like, like, let's just get, let's get across. The rules are the rules, and they can be changed or not changed based on what we think. But right now, no. What Tampa's doing is perfectly legal. I, you know, I'm not sitting back and blaming anything on them. I know the NHL is is a little is definitely the NHL is put it this way. They're looking into it, but they're never going to be able to prove anything. And no. and at the end at the end of the day, you know, because you can sit there and Kucherov can say. You know, he, there's always doctors that'll say he shouldn't be playing. You know, that's fine. It's not, right. and because they probably shouldn't be, because but any other athlete might be. You know, what I mean, the the issue is like, if the playoffs started in April, would he be in there as well when the playoffs started? And I think yes, he would have been. If the playoff, but the play, if the playoffs started in June, would he be in? Not he wouldn't be in until June, and that's I don't. He wouldn't be in until June. That because he's a he's an NHL hockey player. The difference here is not can you not are you healthy enough to play, but are you healthy enough to play? Are you are you are you healthy enough to play if this was the if this was the most important game of the season? Well, again, but it's all hypothetical. At the end of the day, everybody would want their team to do exactly what Tampa did. Everybody. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and and yo, if you can do that, I mean, and they, this is a team. The thing about this, they won the Stanley Cup. We're like, they are in doom. They're in so much trouble, cap space. They ended up trading for Savard at the deadline. <laughs> I mean, this, this the crazy, that craziness of that in and of itself to me that they got stronger and were able to add salary. It's just like that. Well, it, it, it's I'm not fair. fair. Like fairness doesn't. When you go into fairness, it's just not fair. Listen, the San Francisco 49ers did the same thing in the NFL, and then they eventually changed the cap rules. They'll eventually change the cap rules, but until they do it, no. For now, it. it's legal. I'm not. And again, I'm not debating whether it's legal. It's legal, and they're playing. And you know, like you know, whatever. You know, like Bobby Clark said on faceoffs. You know, you cheat as much as you can, and you know, yeah. until you get caught. I get all that, and I, that is how like. And I, I am blaming the rules, Funky. That's what I'm exactly what I'm doing. I'm saying, are the rules fair? You know, and the and I'm not really trying to bend in this situation, which is like very amplified by the fact that that Kucherov is one of the best players in the NHL, and also Stamkos is one of the best players in the NHL. Whether or not he's still there or not, or he, you know how healthy he is, we don't know. And Stamkos, I I think Stamkos is legitimately injured, and I think that that could be a little bit more of an issue. I think Kucherov was ready a while ago. Right, but 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 the, the thing is, he he had the sur- surgery pre preseason, um, and everybody yeah. once he had that surgery, he was not coming back until the playoffs because they couldn't fit his nine something. Right, right. right. I mean, if anybody knows, sorry, Mike. If anybody knows Steve Stamkos, they know he will come back sooner than you expect him to yes. from any injury because of the kind of competitor he is. But Mike just gave you the magic answer. So. But yeah, but no, but Mike, but I think, I think you're right, Russ. And where I think the Stamkos is going to be ready for the playoffs and probably shouldn't be, you know, it, in all likelihood, he's coming back sooner because he's the playoffs. Like Kucherov could have done if the playoffs started in April. You know, that's where I'm at. Like, well, we don't know if Stamkos is going to play game one. Maybe they're going to sit him a couple games. It sounds like he is. And I mean, and, and no one, and, and I've talked to Florida and they're not like, say, they're not crying or anything that they're not saying they, everybody knows. They these can. Are the rules. They, no, everybody knows these are the rules. It's like, and that's perfectly fine, you know. Man, look if they do it. Oh yeah, yeah, no question. Florida needs. But I will say, last down. night though. Oh my gosh, last night's game with Florida and Tampa was fantastic. Yeah, like, with crawl and everything. Uh, I mean, it, and it just it, this is going to be a hell of a series, and and also getting the home ice advantage meant a lot to Florida, and and last night you could see that um, in that game. It didn't mean as much to Tampa, obviously, um, because Tampa Tampa doesn't care, but for Florida. For Quenville's ability to match once Kucherov comes back is important. Okay, but here, here's one factor, and you know, I'm not, I don't know who the heck I'm going to pick in that series. I'll probably pick Tampa because of the Cup champions. But the one thing I do see in terms of a warning sign, and we saw this a couple years ago when they lost to Columbus. Yep. Edmund is coming into the playoffs hurt. Stamkos is coming in after missing what a month or five weeks. Kucherov hasn't played a regular season game. He's coming in. It's a lot to expect those guys to just come up, come in and play like they played all year uh, on, at the drop of the hat. You're that- 100% right, but that's not the biggest issue Tampa has right now. The biggest issue Tampa has right now is Vasilevsky. He is not Vasilevsky right now. He can he might be able to turn it on, but goalies aren't aren't it's not like for goalies turning it on like is a very different ball of wax than for a normal player. He is getting beaten on very regular shots. And it's been going on for a couple weeks now. It's not. It's not something that's you know brand new either. He's really last night. You know the old Vasilevsky doesn't doesn't let up like three of those goals. I mean this he really just like the first goal the weaker goal that's like that's not a goal Vasilevsky should be letting up ever. I mean that was out. It was it was. It, it, you're not talking about like a really great shot. You're, you're talking about a guy who's almost out of the blue line taking a wrist shot that beats him without a without a screen. You know it's just like clear. So to me it's like. 
Meanwhile, Dre, Drager is doing a hell of a job in there, you know, and, and the funniest thing here, and I, you know, and I, what, I'm trying to get Bill Zito to come on the show this week, and I might be able to get him. Um, but I think the funny thing about this is Zito is Zito's relationship with the Tampa Bay Lightning, right, in the playoffs, which is like the crazy thing because think about him. He's been Colum with Columbus for two years. Columbus beats him two years ago. And then, he, then you know, last year they go, they have an epic series where Columbus comes closer to beating Tampa than anyone last year um, in, in the bubble. And they lose, but you know, and now he once again he goes, he leaves Columbus, goes to Florida, and who does he end up playing play in the playoffs again? You know, it's Tampa. Uh, it's, it's it's really kind of a fun fun little story. And he's been, and he, I think, it's rare to sit there and say that a general manager can get inside another team's head, but he has them playing. He has the he has Florida playing like Columbus played them. When you watch that game last night, that that the Florida's playing the same thing. And Quen, I mean, that's on Quenville too, obviously, but it's, it's fascinating because I think the players he brought in were more like Columbus style players and they're playing that system and they're, they're, they're going to give them all kinds of trouble. I have been using him as an example. Cause like you said, he brought in like 18 new players for all these other teams or fans of other teams or media that say yeah. you, you can't make these changes. Um, <laughs> well, there were guys that did. So he, he did that and kudos to him. What I'm looking at Eck, is the attendance, and it looks like it's picked up lately. So, yeah. even in February, though, they had some lousy games. I mean, oh, yeah, no, they have, they have. But that again is like I think that first of all, this is Florida, you know, obviously this is Florida, right? Um, but there will be, and I don't know what there was a rumor at one point that they were gonna, they're at least gonna have half the people for the playoffs, I think, or three quarters of the people. My question is, will they have the most in that they're allowed to have? Will they be 100% attendance for what they're allowed? I don't know what the answer is. I don't know either. And I think that that is something that is, you know, is obviously an issue with Florida. This There's no question. Be because you can't get a better matchup than this. This no, this this is as this is as sexy of a playoff series that you can get for the Florida Panthers. This is this is this is everything that you'd want. Like this is a, the Stanley Cup champions. This is Tampa across this. This is everything that you would want um, and everything that everything the Lightning doesn't want. Right. Um, I want to say that it's interesting that way. I'm not, and I, I'm not saying I still won't pick the lightning because I probably will, but I'm just saying that this is this this will play out in ways that are going to be way harder than the, the series is going to be way more. And you're right, but you know what, Mike? It might be Nashville that benefits from these two teams beating beating up each other. Maybe it might not be, might not be Carolina, which is and I think mean, about that for a second. If this Predators team somehow could get out of that division, that would be pretty astonishing. Well, I mean, um, the question is, I know mean, we saw we saw Nashville really whip it up yesterday, and I think part of that was it was potentially the last game regular season for Pekka yeah. Rene. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Let's talk about that for a second. And and then, let me just finish the point, and then we then we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I would assume that uh, John Hines is going to go with Soros in the playoffs. Yes. Now and not with Rene. Now. I, we've been saying it. I don't know how long we've been saying it. The Carolina, the dilemma here is the goaltending. I think they beat Nashville uh, up front. I think Nashville is their defense is pretty decent, but I think Carolina's is better. The goaltending is going to be the key in the series. If Mrazek drops the ball, then you go to an un. Then you go for to a a, 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 a rookie in Nadjelkovic who you don't know. Mm -hmm. Whether he can withstand the rigors of the playoffs, and with with Nashville, you've got Saros, who has been the understudy to Rene for for years. I, I think there's question marks there. But if Carolina drops the ball and they lose a couple games because their goaltending is average, 
then you know it could snowball. So it, yeah, it's a, it's conceivable that Nashville could win that. It series. is, and and they're going to start with Soros. There's no question about it. Um, however, I will say this: watching Rene play last night, you know, he was impressive last night, and 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 Rene still has. I mean, he doesn't. I wouldn't wouldn't wanted wouldn't want to depend on him to win you a playoff series. But if Soros were to go down or have a rough game, I wouldn't think that it would be a bad thing to bring in Rene for a bit. Um, and I think, I think he could, he could actually, you know, his, he's such a leader on that team and he's a different, he's such a different style than Cyrus. That one of the hardest things I think on the predators defense is this, that they have to play when they play with two totally different goalies and the defense. I think that's tricky when you're, when you're a defense trying to play, you know, it is tricky. System. you're right. I mean, there, can you name it? Can you name a team that has two goalies that are more different? Yeah, I think when the Rangers were doing Lundqvist and Talbot, it was like that. Okay, yeah. So, but right about now, but right now in the in the NHL, more, I mean, more, different, more different. How about uh, how about Ben Bishop and Vasilevsky uh, in twenty? That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. But, yeah, but now, but how about right now? Who's in the league right now? Who are we looking at? That it could be. It could be. I, you know, I'll say this. I'll say this. You know, Smith I, and Koskinen. Koskinen. Smith and Koskinen are very, very different. One that's because one is old and good, and one is younger and is a piece of crap. I mean, that guy can't stop anything. He is terrible. No, Koskinen has really been horrendous, and I'm, yeah. I'm you, I mean, I, you know, he definitely has. He's, he has fallen apart, and it's going to be up to Smith to win this thing for them, unless they, unless they, you know, bring I'll in say, the guy. You know what? I'm going to say Campbell and Anderson because that's one is right. going to be a leader, and one not so sure. But stylistically, they play a similar game. Like they're no, stylistically, no, Rene, play, no, Rene plays completely different than Saras in every way. Anderson is a typical butterfly goaltender. I think Campbell is more hybrid. Like he is a hybrid. Yeah, he's more stand up, but then will will be uh, acrobatic at times. Yeah, but Saras is basically Saras is like even though he's smaller than him, Saras plays the Lundqvist back in the net game. And Rennie is about as aggressive. Oh, yeah, as any he has goalie. to play that game because of his height. That's right. And, but Rennie is about as aggressive as any goalie we've seen in the last 10 years in the NHL. Not anymore. Not anymore. Last it. night he was. Yeah, last night maybe he was feeling it, but I've watched games of his where he is definitely sitting back more yeah. and being less chancy. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, have to, we have to talk about this because I was watching this. I was watching this uh, and, uh, and actually took the video off my TV to point this out. Okay. Okay, Leo Komarov, I know him well because of his days with the Leafs. Yeah. He slashes Brad Marchand and takes a penalty. Yep. As he's going across the ice, he figures, I'm going to the penalty box anyway, so I'm going to get a little jab in. And he jabs Pasternak, and Pasternak went down like it was the grassy knoll, and he was JFK. Right, right. No, I saw that too. That that was – I don't know. I mean, you, so you're saying you're saying, right, you're, right, you're, right. You're, you're saying that Pasternak made this look way worse than the game after that, but he acted like he had broken three of his ribs. Right, yeah. and, and Edwards was like, and and Jack, yeah, Jack Jack Edwards was like he was he was like the guy announcing the Hindenburg. He was, that's what I was going to say. He was exactly like the guy announcing the Hindenburg. He really yeah, was. I mean, that's where Edwards obviously gets you know over the top. Um, but I think was I, like, I, I didn't. I honestly have to say I didn't. You gotta suspend play. him, league. You better look at that. You know, he just wants to get him out of the playoffs. That's all he was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, and it really shouldn't matter because I mean, Komarov is not the difference on that team. Um, but he, you know, he is. He is. He is an important player for them, though, at times because he definitely. Um, and it, it does bring up something that I think we saw in the chat room, which was a real, which was interesting. I saw in the chat room earlier, which is um, people that think that 
you know, that the Penguins will just skate, you know, skate circles around the Islanders and, and be able to beat their trap. I, I don't know. I think about they that. will. I think they will. Uh, here's the thing about that. You know, like the, the 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 secret about the Penguins has always been that for all for all they are, and and they're very different than most teams that you for most they're the most talented counterattack team we've ever had. They are completely they 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 want to counter you. They do not want to not attack anymore. They're they different. still do. No, they still do. I was watching the other. I've, I've watched. Yeah, the they do time. it at times. That is not their entire game plan. I don't think that's in. That is not their entire game. The worse plan. their defense gets, the more they play that way. And it, it's the re the reality is they have to because the the counterattack. You know, you have, it brings your, your extra forwards back. You know, that's what you have. So they the worse their defense gets, the more they play that way. And the problem with playing that way against the Islanders is like is the same problem of playing that way against the Devils way back in the day. That you know, you if you try to counter a team that lives off of countering themselves, because um, the Islanders live off countering themselves, you will end up in these in these low scoring games that play right into the Islanders' hands. I disagree. I will tell you, they have three of the best clutch goal scorers in the league in Rust, Gensel, and Crosby. They will score goals at any time to kill you. They could have no goals in two games and then score in a very important goal. Now, Malkin, who knows? He'll fit in. But Carter has made a big difference because Carter, Carter has made a huge difference. I agree. He's given them size. It's not like Jeff Carter streaking down the sidelines anymore with that one shot he had. He's 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 different now, and he's actually going to the net. And when you, you know what Jeff he's doing? Carter, Russ, you're actually right. You know what he's doing, which is like something that people, as much as they ripped this guy, the Penguins lost a lot when they lost Phil Kessel in their yeah. balance. Like he was a balanced aspect to their game. That they that they haven't had until they got Carter. Like Carter yeah. has brought that back in a better, like he's, and he's better than Kessel was. So it's all like, you have to do is feed Jeff Carter. He's not going to make you better, but you right. can make him better. It especially makes Malkin better, and and that Malkin 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 lost losing Kessel was a big deal for Malkin. Sure. Um. And and Carter makes Malkin better. It's like there's no question about it. So that, that way, I, agree, watching, I agree with you. Watching, I don't know if you saw the photo of Phil Kessel with his 900th uh, point in the NHL. Nothing made me feel better about having a dad bod than seeing Phil Kessel. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I'm like, man. 900th game and 600th hot dog. Look, <laughs> he looks so out of shape in that picture. It was crazy. But He's a hockey savant. Like, one day it's just going to stop for him. But he looked like John Cruck. That's what he looked like. Yeah, he did, 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 but give him, give him the guy credit. I mean, he's oh, like, oh no, he's a great hockey. Crying player. out loud! Well, if Elliot, he was in shape, how much better would he be? I mean, but he scored twenty goals this year. Elliot Friedman said that uh, it's very possible that Arizona, because okay, Kessel's contract for next year, he's got yeah. a point eight million dollar cap hit. Five million of that is signing bonus. So after July, after the, the beginning of the regular, uh, the beginning of this of the the the, the next year. He could be trade, you know, a team that is looking for offense. He's a one point eight million dollar cost. Yeah, it's big, but that could be what Arizona uses to recoup some of the draft picks. You know, right. that, that and Connor Garland, and and they're going in that direction because because act, all the names that are coming out regarding coaches that they're pursuing are Nate Lehman, Rocky Thompson, Lane Lambert. It's all either AHL coaches or what do they all have in common? Young kids. They work with young kids. That, and they'll be the cheapest of any of those. Oh, the cheapest, cheapest part. And it's amazing because this is not a guy who is, who is, who was hurting for money. This is not, and this is also not, you know, Dundon, you know, this, this guy, this guy, no, but you know, here's what I've been told that. And I do believe this. They're not hockey people there. They're not. That's why they and, and they brought in Armstrong because no. of that. But the problem is they don't have enough hockey people there. 
That's I know. Fun. I know people who interviewed for the GM job. I know two different people who interviewed the GM job there before, when this was all going on, right? And the, what they both said predominantly, because they both ended up talking to the owner in their process, and they both said they liked him. They thought he was a good guy. They thought he was really. They thought he was really innovative. And it, and they, when he talked about the things he's been successful with, he's been real. He's, like, he's a genius, obviously. But they also both think that he bought the team to sell it to Quebec. And that that's what that that was that he he's like he saw this as a, he saw that that the NHL is going to need this team to be the NHL is going to need a team in Quebec. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that team, and he's gonna and he's gonna get a, a boatload of cash for. That. And so it's it's almost like he, he's he's almost flipping them. Like in a way, they got the impression that you know that we're going to talk about. Now the NHL has this rule, and I don't know if it's going to apply to him or not because it's not an official rule. But it's it's been and I've talked about it before, but it is absolutely um, a rule. And Laidlaw would tell us because Tom Laidlaw was in with a group that was trying to buy the St. Louis Blues at one point. And he told me this rule. And that rule is the NHL says if you buy a team, you cannot move it for seven years. So that that that's a rule that the NHL's always had. I think with the Coyotes, it's always been written into the newest deal because they've had so many owners. So I always feel like there's been a few years that's written into it, but yeah. I don't think it's seven. It's well, it's because they looked at the Coyotes and they looked at the Blues. Uh, this I, we, I will have to get him on sometime and talk about it because he would talk about it, I think. And it, it was really, it was interesting. So he, he definitely said that the NHL does feel like that you know the, you got to you, you you can buy this team but you you got to you know you, now and I said to him I was like well what about you know Winnipeg like you know like they bought the they bought they bought Atlanta and moved them right away and he said that was a different situation because they were moving right they were knew they were moving Atlanta they they knew they weren't keeping them there um if they if it's a situation where they're trying to keep them there it, they won't work that way so Heck, I look, think it's seven years. the honest truth is that may be a rule but if if Phoenix decides, if the people in yeah. whatever oh, yeah. county that is decide that they don't want to fund that arena anymore, and they're done. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, 100. percent And we got to move on really fast because I want to get one thing here, and um, before we leave, and that is we do have to talk about the Flyers press conference today because that was a fascinating press conference, Russ, from all accounts. Um, it was. And and it just it is baffling to me. Um. So many things that Fletcher and Vino are saying that feel so disconnected from each other, and they also feel disconnected from the team. So, uh, I'll go, start go, go, you start, Russ. Go give your so thoughts. The, the first big thing I thought that came out of that was Vino basically saying, "Well, he felt like the American players had a better season, were better trained, like Farabee, as compared to Couturier, who was in Canada, who couldn't get to the rink sometimes, and were were restricted more." And that whole conversation seemed to be rolled into. You probably should stay in the United States in this offseason and train hard because you don't know what's going to happen when you go back to Canada. Now, he, but he took Giroux off the off the you know he took him out of that because they were he's like he's a veteran, but he was talking about everybody else like young players. You know what Couturier like, did though, right? Couturier came out and said later that he rented a rent he it, all throughout the offseason he rented a rink in Canada for himself three days a week. That's what he was see, doing. And that's interesting because I doubt. That the coach knew that. I don't think because he, he's never in the locker room. He doesn't know anything about these players. And the problem is, is the coach said this wasn't a Couturier kind of year. So no matter what, there was an issue there. It felt so much like a Montreal Canadiens excuse. Like, I, and I'm sitting there, like this is the kind of excuse the Montreal Canadiens coach would throw out there. And don't, I don't mean to give a Montreal, but this is a typical. Canadians excuse and I'm like okay go ahead Mike go ahead Mike sorry it was injured so what the what what the what the hell does yeah. that I mean honestly when Russ was telling me what he just said and my first reaction was you've got a team a coach and a general manager that are using the pandemic they're using COVID and the delays that that it came with it as the excuse for the reason the team missed the playoffs the Buffalo Sabres who missed 
two weeks, their coach, half their team right. were COVID positive. They didn't use COVID as an excuse. No. The friggin' team is using Yeah, the Flyers love to use it, and they use it right away. And, and they, they had and they some that- games shut down. They did. They had some games shut down. And they, they, had a, they had more guys, I think, at once that had it, but but they, you know, but the Canucks aren't using it. I mean, the Canucks are definitely worse no. than them. But here's a quote. Here's something that I pulled from it. When A.V. was saying that he wanted a normal season, normal camp, and he asked people to get vaccinated, he wants an 82-game season with the regular road trips and everything yeah. else, guess what? Not only – because he hasn't had that in two years. And he said, Chuck can't give that to me. Only society can. But guess what? You may not get that next year either, and you have to adapt. That's your job as a coach. You have to adapt, and whatever comes up, you have to figure out. He didn't figure it out. More than that, you have to adapt. You cannot – I'm sitting there, and, you know – um tried to get a question and couldn't get it in. Um, but I, my question was this, it's like with, with the lack of the time you spend in a locker room and a team that is, that is going to be built up next year of guys in their early thirties and guys in their early twenties, where's the connection? Like how, how do you, how do you, how do you bridge that gap without being in there? Like how, who do you expect to be the guy? Is it going to be an assistant coach that's going to be bridging that gap? Because Tarion is not that guy to bridge that gap. And maybe yo is, I don't know, but, and I do. Th- I did get the impression, though, that those guys will be sacrificed. Like I, I don't know why. I just got the. No one really brought it up, um, and I wanted to ask. You know, Terry and Yo, Terry and Yo. Like I could see the Flyers getting rid of their assistant coach. No, I don't think they're going to. I think, I think management has stayed the course because they're using the COVID thing. I think Dillabaugh's in trouble because they 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 talked badly about the goaltending for the last couple of years, talking about being twenty seventh and thirty first place. But here's the issue. Yes, the backup goaltending was bad only because Elliot's older and with a compressed schedule, it wasn't great. Now, somebody in the organization should have figured that out and either used Alex Lyon or picked up another goalie when there were other goalies out there, plenty of them, to lighten the load there and, and realize we could, we're losing points here. The other thing is the defense has been a problem for two years. It wasn't a problem in the bubble, but Niskanen didn't even play well in the bubble. So if we're going to go back to him, they've had a problem since they left the bubble with their defense, and it wasn't addressed, and it's still not addressed. No, it still hasn't addressed. And and the reality is that they're sitting there blaming these things that are these ridiculous excuses that are right. like that are just not. And I hate to bring up Montreal on this stuff, but Montreal just has like they, they have. And and I'm, this is spoken as a as a guy. The Montreal was my second favorite team, and it made me furious that. And, and sometimes, and maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's, and I'm not trying to rip on French people. I'm just trying to say maybe the way the French explain things sounds more like they're making excuses than they are because I, it would always make me crazy. Like like the joke, the running joke throughout the NHL is, you know, between the difference, the difference between Montreal and Toronto and the diff, running joke throughout the NHL has always been um, Toronto, Toronto always blames themselves for everything that goes wrong and Montreal always blames everybody else. Like Toronto never thinks right. they're good enough. Toronto never thinks they're good enough for themselves, and Montreal thinks everyone else is screwing. You know what? I think there was a way to do this press conference that they didn't do it. And I'll just say the biggest thing that I kept taking out of it was if I tell you I don't want to blame it on something, and then bring up that something multiple times, then I am blaming it on you. Yeah. Even yes. though you say that, and that it's is the problem. Loud. It doesn't matter if you don't want to blame something. Right, like saying you don't. I don't want to blame COVID on the website. It would have been been better off not bringing it up at all because they brought it up. They brought it up at the trade deadline as an excuse. So they should have left it alone and just talked about what is missing on this team and what they might do. And to be honest, I don't think Fletcher was very 
descriptive about what he was saying he was going to do. And no, honestly, he looks like a deer in headlights to me. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and then also the other thing that Fletcher did, which is abhorrent to me, absolutely abhorrent is to sit there and say that the goaltending was terrible in a press conference like this to basically let, cause to me, you're not, but they didn't say Carter Hart was terrible, but they, no, but he did say the goaltending. He didn't say I know that, but then he, when he was asked about Carter Hart specifically, he said good things about Hart, so he was straddling the fence there. But but when you say the goaltending is terrible, so, that is that is on Carter Hart. Okay, it's not no, no, on. No, it's on Kim Dillabaugh, and he'll get fired as a result. You watch. Yeah, but you they That's needed, they needed to say they needed to they needed to be better about the way they did. That. I know, but you understand they're setting it up for that. I get that, but Carter Hart. Is a young kid, and he's taking. This has been a really rough year for him, right? And it, it, this is, this is going to be. I mean, and I think he's a great goalie, and I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll make his way through this, and I think, I don't think they rushed him. I don't think all, the, I don't think he's ruined or anything. I like do that. think they rushed him. I do think he'll make his way through this. I think he will be, a, he will be what they people expect him to be, but eventually. But they did no favors this year in getting him towards that. They, they absolutely. I agree that you saw when I said when AB yeah. said that he was going to be out for two games. And then didn't have him off the roster. That was a big mistake by A. Yeah, and they blamed. They basically blamed him and said he's got to focus or concentrate more. I know. With the defense playing with with the horrendous defense in front of him, and then also to do the thing like we talked about all year, the the very Toronto thing, which again is like the, uh, we're going to play Carter Hart the game one of every 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 best of every two games, and you right. know he's going to be the first one, and that just always set him up. Right, right, everything Toronto is just wrong. It's just no, I don't think so at all. I'm just saying, you know, these, these are the things I've, I've complained about that, you know, you know, many times about the Anderson, like he's got to play. He can't play back to back. He's got to play the first game of every back or whatever. That's what they did. And you, Actually, can't Ed, you know what the one thing that press conference showed me for the first time this year in a calendar year, AV and Fletcher were on the same page because they both were saving their jobs. That's the first well, yeah. time we've seen them on the same page all year. Yeah. And they, and they, yeah. And yeah, they were, and you, and you, and you, to me, that's, in a way, inexcusable. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying we saw it. That's we are getting a lot of questions about coaching things in the, in the chat room. So we wanted to address a couple of little rumors real quick before we go. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it to the Flyers is still out there. Do I think it's going to happen? I mean, today we see the press conference, right? And there's, there's no reason to think that that could possibly happen at this point. However, there are, as is not, how to say this without getting myself in a hell of a lot of trouble. It's, it's not, um, it ain't over till it's over. That's what uh, you want to say. There are factions at big companies. How about that? I'll say there's factions at big companies. And right now, that right now, one faction is maybe is ma the the anti, I mean the, the pro Fletcher Vino faction is is winning. Um, but there those factions haven't yet had their day in court. Well, Right. The top people and Mike Doyle said it right. He said Fletcher screwed up when he didn't go after a defenseman middle of the season. I said that exact same thing yeah. on Sirius XM when things were starting to fail, but they were still in the playoffs. They didn't do anything or they didn't get it done. It doesn't matter. Talk is you have to make it happen. Just furthering on the, uh, the, the discussion we had yesterday about coaches, two things came up today. One, uh, Travis Green in his end of season availability in um, – Vancouver said, I want to coach this team through the rebuild and get to a spot where we are getting some good young pieces and have a bright future. And I still have the same feeling Jim Benning and I, uh, Jim Benning says uh, he wants me to coach the team and we'll see where that goes. But right. green wants a pay increase and yeah. you know, 
whether the Aquilinis will do that. The other one is Don Granado in Buffalo. And today Buffalo got all their crap out of the way yesterday with the, with the veteran guys who weren't out. Uh, and we, we talked about that yesterday. Today it was all the young guys and essentially every one of them, Middlestat, Darlene, Cud, okay. Olafson. Um, there was one other player and I can't remember. Um, they all spoke glowingly about how Granado yeah. helped them, how he was, you know, oh, Tage Thompson, how oh, they yeah. how they worked with him. Like a couple of them played for him in the under uh, in the UNTDP. Yeah, yeah. They love him as a coach. They love his pot. You know, he was he was in, encouraging to them. He like they you could tell by their commentary. Well, I'm not going to tell what the organization what to do, but I loved playing for him. So one question: What did Kevin Adams say publicly about Don Granado? He hasn't said a thing yet. Tomorrow, he said a thing. Okay, well, I'm going to say something here. Yeah. That is wrong. It it shouldn't yeah. be waiting until tomorrow. Something should have been said already. The fact yeah. that they've waited all of these days leaves me uneasy about what they're going to say about Don Granado tomorrow. Like they could come out tomorrow and say, "Well, we like the job that Don did, but we're still going to open up the uh, the job for interviews, and Don will certainly be a part of that." But the fact that they've waited till Wednesday for management. Seems to me like they've given themselves extra time to figure out what they're going to do, rather than maybe well say what they should do. I'll go even further, and I'll say they've given themselves extra time. Good, Mike. Mike, you go ahead first. Sorry, that's when they scheduled the GM and the coach. No, no, but there's a reason things get scheduled the way they get scheduled. I think they wanted to see where the fans were at. Okay. I think they're paying. I think they're paying too much attention to that. Um, I will say that, but I think that they're and I and I think it. I mean, Granado, you know, definitely deserves another shot. I, now, I'm not going to say he's going to get it get it there, um, but I think that I think what Granado did was basically set himself up to be an an, an NHL coach, like for real somewhere. Like, yeah, I really, he wants to be a coach. He certainly can be. A got, coach. I mean, he he will be one of the first guys that when somebody's fired or whatever could get gets in there, or like Travis, or you know, if Travis Green doesn't come back, or Bryn Orr doesn't come back, I can see Granado. In either of those situations, you know, like that. There's two coaches, Eck. There's two coaches right now in the NHL whose seasons have been over for days, and we don't know the status. Yeah. One is David Quinn. One is Don Granado. Right, right. And then, yeah, and they're and yeah, they're both. We should. Well, yeah, we're the Rangers. We know something, even if it's hey, we're not sure yet. So Mike, we're definitely going to hear something tomorrow about Granado. We're hear something tomorrow from Buffalo. Granado and Adams are speaking tomorrow to the media. Well, it's interesting with that Granado is speaking to the media. That is interesting well, because gets, you, no, I think that's being fair to him. Well, he was part. He was part of the part of the uh, uh, season-ending uh, player. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I know. I talked. Yeah, yeah. But I think. Um, yeah, he's still on the payroll. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no question about that. So, um, all right. So that the the other thing, uh, Brendan Moore. Here's, here's the other thing. X. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if they hire another coach, Don Granado may stay with the team anyhow. Yeah, no, he might, and and it, it would behoove them to keep him with the team because correct. This is especially because you're if you were if you're gonna you got a lot of these players that Mike you're talking about a lot of these players that are making comments about Granado have don't have contracts some of them. Well, I mean, Darlene's got Darlene's an RFA, but right. all, all the players that talk today are retainable by the Sabers and 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 are part of the core of the future. I mean, the way some of the questions occurred to those players. Um, asking them about the players who spoke yesterday who were basically they were saying, well, we're still laying in Reinhardt and Eichel. The way they're making it sound, they're gone. Yeah. 
And really, you can't say you can't refute that because they said, well, the, you know, at least Reinhardt and Ristolainen said, I'm open to staying. I'm open to going. It's a hardly an endorsement. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing I said on Sirius. Out of here. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing I said on Sirius, Mike, which I believe if if the Sabres were smart and this is not a shot at Don, if they say, hey, we're going to just interview guys. Right. Let's say they talk to Rick Tockett. I said, if you put Rick Tockett in a room with Jack Eichel for 10 minutes, he'll convince him to stay on the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tuckett, yeah. Well. Players love Rick Tockett. And, yeah, they do. They do. He has there is a way to turn around Jack Eichel. He speaks their language for sure. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, Granado also has a really good relationship with Eichel, too. So the question is, you know, you know, and I, I checked into that yesterday further. So it, 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 I think you're, I think Tockett is going to, you know, now the interesting thing, though, like we talked about yesterday, and it's still hearing it today, and it hasn't gone away, is the whole concept of Tortorella going there. Um, yeah. Well, but, but, okay, th this is the, and like I said yesterday, the, the, the thing that, that piques the interest on Tockett and Buffalo is that Tockett was in the loop for a bu the Buffalo job previously. They, they, they know him from the interview process. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's possibly a factor. Now there's no really connection between him and Kevin Adams, but that, you know, that's there a Pittsburgh connection there somehow. The Pittsburgh connection is through Rutherford. And if, if right. you know Rutherford right. is, in as a VP of hockey operations, then you could see, you could see the connection with Tockett. But I haven't heard anything about Rutherford coming to Buffalo. It, it, that's the dysfunction of this organization. They seemed hell bent on Kim Pagula being the team president, and and Adams having direct line of contact with the Pagulas, and no buffer in between. And if that's the case, that limits the options of this organization. By the way, I've seen no quotes from Rick Tockett on the way out talking about Arizona. No. Oh. No, Rick Tockett has been surprisingly silent. Um, I've I've te I text Rick Tockett. He has been off the grid completely, um, which makes me wonder a well, lot about Seattle with him uh, and whether yeah. or not he's holding off on that. You know, like whether oh, no, he's, he's a quote. Tockett did give a quote. It's been an honor to be coach. He did give a quote. Okay. He gave that yeah. quote, but he has. But as far as like commenting on what's next next for him, he already knows what's next for him. I have a feeling. Yeah, he probably does. Friedman, Friedman basically said that it was essentially known since maybe March or April that uh, Tockett was not coming back. That Armstrong yeah. wanted his co wanted his own coach, and Tockett wanted maybe to go to some place where you know they're more interested in winning than Arizona. I talked to a player on Arizona um, about that too, and I said, you know, because earlier in the year I was talking to him about it, and he said, yeah. We had, it hasn't been it hasn't been a secret in our locker room that, that Tockett's probably not coming back, you know, and also but just. But don't you find it weird that neither wanted each other? That's a very rare situation in this league. I think they have somebody they definitely want, um, and I, that from what it sounds like, they have their eye on somebody. I don't know who that is, but they've got their eye on somebody specifically. I, I like Nate Lehman. I've I've had interactions with him. I think he's a very smart guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would do well with young players. The, the young American players there would know him very well. And, uh, yeah, so as far as, yeah, and then as far as Brendan Moore goes, uh, just to answer that question, I um, nothing still, which is which is you know, I mean, obviously he's in the playoffs, right? So you're not gonna, they're not, not gonna, gonna hear anything, to hear anything right now. Although you know, wouldn't it be nice that if they won a playoff series, they were you know suddenly announced that you know, like uh, I think that or they, I mean, the fact is it's easy to announce an extension to Brendan Moore right now. So the fact that they're not announcing anything right now is is almost to me. A sign that he's leaving because like this is the easiest time how many we see players extend we see coaches extend in the playoffs all the time 
I mean, look, the easiest thing to Tom Dundee could 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 pay Rod Brindamore whatever he wants, and he could have a press conference tomorrow. But you're right, that hasn't happened. It hasn't happened, and 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 you know, this is the time to do it. But give your give your get your players fired up. He's your coach. He's going to be your coach moving forward. No matter what happens here, let's go out and win a Stanley Cup. That's what teams do, and they do it all the time. And we haven't seen it, right? So that, to me, says a lot. That says, you know, that Brendan Moore probably wants more money than they're willing to pay. And they are also um, – Well, the, the, the talk yeah. is Brendan Moore has got a three-year deal on the table or it's a ver- that they've verbally agreed. Yes. But the amount is – well under what everybody expects. The, I think the speculation was $1.8 million, which is typical of the cheapskate that Thomas yeah, done. And a verbally really? agreed on contract with Rod Brindamore right now is I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. I don't buy any of that verbally. I think that is what Carolina is putting out there to try to, and I, I know I think Chip put it out there, Chip Alexander, who's really good and he's a really good writer, but he, and he, he started off with hockey buzz too. So he's a hockey buzzer. But I have to say this, I think that that sounds to me like speech, like to like to kind of pressure Brindamore to almost take it. You verbally agree to something. If he, verb- if, if Brindamore verbally agrees to something. That way. I agree with you. Ak. I think that is a business tactic yeah. to try and get him to prey on his loyalty a little bit. Yeah. If they, if, if the way I know Brindamore and I'm sure we'd all you'd agree, Russ, because you know we've dealt with him before. Is that if Brindamore verbally agrees to something, it's signed. Uh, it's not signed, but it's like it's it's a decent chance. No, but he's a guy of honor. So if he verbally agreed to it, it's done. Yeah, but there's also a factor that apparently Brindamore is trying to get like okay staff in the organization agreed to, and that's why he's holding out to make sure that they're all locked in. And if he's using that as leverage, then that might be the reason why he's holding out. And that gives him an easy out. I'm just shocked he would accept so little on the yeah. market value yeah, for the sense. kind of coach he is. I get that he's well off in life, which is great for him. Yeah. But he's not doing coaches any favors by taking a salary like this. Right. And even even though he loves he, yeah, he loves Carolina, he loves being there. He also loves challenges. I, I he loves Francis. I I I I'm still like even money that he's heading to Seattle. I really am like in my head. Like, I think that's, that's, I would go 50, 50 on that one. Um, all right. All right. Guys. We got to go. We got to all go. Remember without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. I've got a really fun topic tomorrow. That's going to surprise you we'll do it tomorrow. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.